and brightest day and blackest night. All other podcasts tremble in fright. Losers cower before the power. Oranges lust and blues you can trust. Indigos feel and white ones heal. Yellow scare and green ones dare. That sapphire love and black hands glove will rock your foundation without hesitation. Chad and Mars face evil's minds. Respect their power for they'll make you see the light. Hey everyone, I'm Mark Marble. I'm Chad Bokelman. For some reason, I thought you were going to say Dan Kurtzke. I don't know why. Maybe it's, maybe last week is still in my head. <laughs> and this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 519. No woo. <laughs> I, this is your baby, man. I'm not going to taint your baby with a woo. <laughs> this uh, is a no woo <laughs> I don't know if it's entirely my baby. It's, it's our baby, but it's something we've been kicking around for. It's been gestating for a to, while. To be clear, big guys listening at home, we were not we are not kicking babies. <laughs> <laughs> no, not no. That that, that might be the lo- the lost episode, but it's not tonight's episode. <laughs> a new sport has been invented. No. Uh, so this will be the inaugural episode of the inaugural GL June, which hopefully won't be a one year wonder. But let's try to make this brief and also try to make this uh, diplomatic. That we've been, Chad and I have been thinking about this for a couple of years now. That as a byproduct of JL May and as a byproduct of when we were running JL May and it was our baby when we, when it was Blackest Night. While everybody, everybody who ended up doing the show, you know, they did, they came through fine and every, and the recordings were fine. Everybody brought their A game. I think we both, before we got to that stage, I think, I guess it's objectively, I think we could say we both were a little emotionally unsatisfied about. The, the initial start of the process. So we said, well, you know what? And maybe it would be a good idea because, it, and it's actually become more apropos now because there's more uh, podcasts that can join in and do this, that maybe instead of waiting in a cyclical period until they, maybe the, there's another Green Lantern centric event in JL May, then maybe we should just do our own crossover event amongst our Green Lantern podcast to cover a, a particular Green Lantern story. Whether it's every year or every other year, ideally, I guess it would be every year. There's enough events to either revisit or do that have never been done. So that's the backstory. So something we have also talked about doing for a long time that we never did seem perfect for this. So we're going to do the the 2000 Green Lantern Circle of Fire event, which is an event with a small E. Because it all pretty much took place like in and it was all in October, wasn't it? Were they all did all the one shots come out in October? Uh, that's I think that's when they're cover dated, which would mean they came right. out in August. So that's that's what we're going to be doing tonight. And we're going to be handling the first the first of the two main circle of fire one shots, uh, the Green Lantern circle of fire number one. And we're going to be doing the Green Lantern and Firestorm individual one shot, because that's pretty much what these events were. They were circle of fire what one and two. And then a lot of one shots sandwiched in between. 
And an impulse epilogue, which we kind of forgot was not actually a one shot when we were looking at this. And and luckily, Dan will be taking that one, too. <laughs> for sure. So, um, yes, uh, Mark mentioned JL, uh, JL May. So for those of you who maybe didn't listen to the most recent episode we did about uh, a Green Lantern comic, uh, which was uh, 517, I would assume. Yes. Okay. Uh, episode 517. Um JL May is a podcasting crossover event. Uh, its basic intent is by covering something loosely connected to the Justice League as a whole or the members that make up the Justice League. That gives comic podcasters the opportunity to jump in with the character of his or her choice and therefore make it relevant to their coverage. And we can all cross over and, you know, share listeners for a month and sort of kind of. You know, a lot of these shows, not all of them, but a lot of them, like us, actually, have been on the air for quite a long time. Uh, and podcasting is becoming big to the point where everybody has one, including every celebrity. So, like, um, how do you get new listeners or, you know, pe- people know that you're out there? Well, one of the cool ways is we can all share airspace. So that's what we're doing with JL May. But with GL June, we can do basically the same thing, but on a much smaller level and include the different Green Lantern specific podcasters. So while Mark already mentioned, we're going to be starting tonight with Circle of Fire number one and then one of the, the one shots. Then you're going to follow from here to listen to either Myron and Phil over at the podcast of OA or Adam and Donnie, uh, who is better known as the Emerald Enthusiast. And they over on YouTube, they have the Multiverse Musings podcast network and specifically their Green Lantern related shows are referred to as Emerald Echo um, because uh, podcast of Oa and Emerald Echo are going to be covering some more of the one shots. And then at the end of this month, uh, Dan will be releasing over on his Mosaic Comics YouTube channel a review of the second slash end of this story, Circle of Fire number two. And then he'll also be talking about the impulse epilogue that I just read for the first time today is not necessarily an epilogue, but I'm sure Dan will make it work. (laughs) But you have the opportunity to listen to four different Lantern podcasts this month, and we can all share uh, airspace and listeners. So I think it'll be cool. Well, we're certainly hoping. It's 516, by the way. 517 was Green Lantern number one. Oh, okay. I as after I after I rubber stamped what you said and I started thinking let me double check because I thought because I because I, in my mind which I should have caught right away because Dan because Dan I knew Dan was in two straight recordings but yeah so five sixteen was a JL May so which was which was still fun it was weird covering a half a story but it was still fun <laughs> <laughs> which is going to be repeated tonight we're technically covering half a story. <laughs> Probably well, technically not even half is well. I guess true. half if you just look at the two, the two book and you know one shots. I mean, or the two, not one shots, but the two parter number one and number two of just a circle of fire. You are correct, but as the overall story, yeah, it's it's, but some but somehow this based on where this leaves off on some levels, I don't know. It seems a little less ans. It should seem more anticlimactic, but I think after maybe I'm just numb after what we did for jail <laughs> you know what i think i think i think we should treat this like a like we would do a movie review um it was sometimes we talk non-spoiler stuff first and then we like very clearly let the listeners know okay now we're getting into spoilers uh and if they hadn't seen it to so then stop listening to the episode we could do the same here we could talk about 
only the stuff we're going to be talking about. And then once we talk about our specific two issues, anything we want to say about the actual event itself beyond that, we can label to the listeners. Okay, guys, if you want to follow the coverage, stop the podcast here, go over to podcast of Oa or Donnie and Adam over at Emerald Echo um, and, 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 and uh, follow that to the end of the month over at Mosaic Comics. All right. Now we'll talk about the rest of the event and our thoughts on how this story plays out. Unless we want to save that in yes. a future episode. Yes, I, uh, as you were saying it, let's 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 save it until maybe more of these actually come out. So then it's easier. Then so well, it doesn't have to be its own episode, but necessarily, but it can might be a segment. We can do an epilogue and just talk about do a so so then so then yeah. So going back to to your logo idea, then it might 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 make more sense because maybe we can actually use that twice, even if it's not exclusively all circle of fire when we do the second one. Um, plus it justifies making a new make making a new category and uh we get two entries in our gl june category to be made so hey that works too oh yeah hey and not to mention we've had if it's not going to be the majority of whatever the next episode is we we have many shorts we can still cover to fill that second half <laughs> yeah, but luck, luckily for us doesn't green lantern come out next week i don't know I think I'll, I'll look it up later. Yeah, we'll double check. I, I would be willing to bet you based on where we are, it's got to be close. So then that that might very well be where we where we can segue anyway. So uh, all right, you ready? Where, yeah, where are we going? All right, so let, I'm going to try to be succinct. The good the good thing about issue number one of Circle of Fire is even though understanding what all of this stuff means uh, is clearly doesn't have it's not going to happen until you get all the pieces put together. But as far as just understanding as in the on the basic level of what's going on in this book and what and the and what's at stake and it's relatively straightforward this isn't this isn't a Morrison issue <laughs> no no thank God which was because I had I had, hadn't read this in so long so I'm glad when I went back I I had a slight fear that it's like wow am I gonna be able to you know, is this going to flow really well or am I gonna literally have to read every single issue in the event to even understand what's going on in the in this issue but let's do the creative team right off the bat just because i can get into the meat soon so while the cover the cover title is dark conception the actual issue title inside is darkness visible i kind of like dark conception better uh written by brian k vaughn penciled by Earl, at least for jim and i our old friend norm brayfogle since uh he a lot of specter ink by john lau Ray Cressing, Steve Bird, a lot of inkers, John Nyberg and Keith Aiken, lettered by Sean Ponet, colored by Glenn Whitmore, separated by Jameson, assistant editor Frank Berrios, and editor with Matt Idelson. Not your, not your usual GL creative crew on this book, mm-hmm. we'd have to say. Uh, and certainly yeah. the, co- the cover art certainly su- suffers in this one. Yeah, for sure, a little bit. Yeah, compared to issue two, which gets, uh, gets a nice Daryl cover. So, so we begin on we begin on Ran, where uh, our old friend Adam Strange here is dealing with a an ex, a, a panicky population that is being threatened by this shadowy figure calling himself Oblivion. Has some cool little like goat goat horns on the side of his head, and he ba- and he kind of does a kind of does a Hulk and Infinity War kind of thing. It's like a basically go not not literally because there's some differences, but but you'll understand that he basically. Adam Strange gets sent to Earth to warn 
Earth what's coming next and it's in its oblivion, even except except in this case, oblivion literally sends him there himself to do to do the warning. We have a cool little moment where Kyle's like working really literally uh kind of like mining at midnight oil here, uh trying to finish his comic strip, which is kind of cool because he's actually drawing co- superhero comics. And of course, he's being assisted by none other than our than John Stewart. And again, this is circa 2000, so we have to understand that John Stewart is still crippled. He's still in his wheelchair. When the, there'll be an appearance by another character, which we'll reference soon, that again, it's early, it's early in this character's development or use. So things that change along the way haven't haven't really happened yet. So for John Stewart, he's still crippled in his wheelchair. He's drawing like backgrounds and drawing buildings so Kyle can try to meet his deadline. This apparently is the first time John ever sees a picture of Alex because he doesn't know who she is. And he mentions it and Kyle kind of talks about it briefly, but he doesn't really want to go into it. They kind of even give us a little mini fridging picture. And, you know, John, well, well, they, well, they continue to continue to do that. And Kyle talks about, well, you know, at the end of the day, we all have to just do our best to move on. We go over to uh, Ivy University and we see uh, Ronnie Raymond who is being tutored by Ray Palmer. And of course, at this point, Ronnie Raymond is still Firestorm, but he and he and Professor Stein have been separated, which Chad will talk about more in, in, in a few minutes. And you see, obviously, Ronnie Raymond has a hard time understanding science concepts when Stein is now whispering in his ear. There's somebody on campus that shows up with a gun and they get alerted to it. So he Ronnie goes into Firestorm form to deal with him. This is Adam Strange being sent to Earth. And Firestorm is literally, not surprisingly, hot-headed, and he doesn't let Adam Strange kind of to explain everything. It gives him much of a chance. Firestorm tries to use his understanding of how how sodium and water mixes, but it doesn't really work so well for him. Luckily, Ray Palmer shows up about what's going on. It's like, like, hey, not only did you botch the lesson I tried to teach you about how sodium and water mix can can explode, and but be very unreliable. How you don't know how it's going to work out, just that it's going to explode that he also kind of reprimands him for, hey, this is also one of the Justice League's oldest friends in Adam Strange. And at this point, Adam Strange kind of is giving them ever a little bit of a primer, what's going on. We cut back to Kyle and John. They're all happy because, hey, we finally did it. It's like, kind of like nothing can stop us now. One of those moments which they kind of even refer to, well, that's really not a good thing to say, anything like that. And of course, Kyle gets an alert for the Justice League. He flies off. He flies off to the watchtower. Justice League is being is all there. And Adam Strange is kind of giving them an now gives them all more elaborate detail about what's going on. And he talks about how the threats name Oblivion and Kyle reacts immediately. He goes, that doesn't make any sense. And we find out that the reality is Kyle, as a kid, when he was drawing his own comic books, created this character called Oblivion, who looked the same exact way, tall, shadowy, kind of like with with the horns. He reminds me of Onslaught a little, not entirely, but I think there's some similarity in my mind. Maybe it's the Circa that this was coming out in, that it always kind of gave me the Onslaught kind of vibe. And, you know, Kyle, things that Adam, Adam Strange talks about related to about the powers of Oblivion, they register more with Kyle. It's like, this is really weird. Kyle even picks up on the fact that, hey, did the people on Ran act normal? When he was there, or did they seem out of out of sorts? And he goes, actually, they were out of sorts. They were panicky, which is unlike them. And he goes, well, that was another thing that basically my character would instill in people. 
the the justice the justice league decides to go confront oblivion except for batman <laughs> like when kyle goes hey batman do you want to come with me and batman just kind of gives him the cold shoulder and walks away kyle kind of gets offended by this and firestorm is also sent basically he's allowed he's put on the sidelines because again he's too hot-headed and they don't trust him Justice Lee goes out to confront fires, uh, excuse me, to front, confront Oblivion. Oblivion gives kind of like this, uh, you know, Kyle just recognizes him immediately and says, Hey, that's, that's like my creation. And Oblivion responds. It's like, he belongs to no one. I, I existed long before the birth of this meaningless universe and I shall to continue to thrive long after it has been destroyed. Wonder Woman tries to talk to him and tries to, you know, take the, take the proper, Civil approach, he gets punched in the face. The Justice League leaps into action. Superman goes, Kyle kind of calls us before it happens. Is like, hey, we, you know, we, we, we can't really just take this guy with brute force because he can create cosmic events. So he creates, he creates a black hole around him. When Superman goes to fight Oblivion, he creates a red sun. So he starts becoming weak. That, you know, Kyle is just keeps, he keeps insisting that, you know, I understand what's going on here. Trust me. Superman sends Kyle back to Earth. Kyle thinks it's because he doesn't trust him, but it's like, no, basically, we need you to rally another line of defense in case in case we fail. Kyle goes back. Kyle goes back to Earth. On his way to Earth, Kyle is intercepted by the Spectre, Hal Jordan's version of the Spectre. And this is what I was alluding to. Kyle, at this stage, this is when Hal, nobody really can recognize that Hal is the Spectre or can remember that Hal is the Spectre. Now, yes, theoretically, he could have showed him that he was Hal at the moment and it would have worked, but it would have dissipated. And and he kind of warns Kyle about that you're going to be betrayed by someone close to you. The key to figuring this out is all basically inside yourself. He's he's doing the very Obi-Wan stuff that Hal Jordan Spectre did in his uh, mentor role to Kyle during the stage. Kyle gets eventually he gets sick of all this because Hal just can't tell him anything specifically. So he says, well, I really don't have time for this. I have more important things to do. He gets back to the watchtower. Just as he gets back to the watchtower, the communications with the Justice League task force that was facing oblivion, just that 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 communication gets cut, gets cut off. Kyle reaches out to Batman. He can't get in touch with him, but he doesn't get he does get in touch with Oracle. Oracle, who based to. You know, Batman is a, Batman is busy. You know, he's not like this removed from the playing field. He and Robin are doing their stuff. But Oracle, you know, Oracle's basically been put in charge of getting Kyle help. He gets Power Girl. She gets Power Girl to eventually show up to help Kyle. At this point, Kyle is putting like putting together a team. Which is going to include Firestorm, because even though Adam just keeps reprimanding him about being too green, Kyle pulls rank because of the fact that technically he's an active member and the Adam is more like an advisor or consultant at this point. So he doesn't really have the say. Kyle wishes he had more help or more or there was more literal, more backup, more more support. Just at that moment, all of a sudden, like another portal opens up. Kyle thinks it's going to be oblivion. It's not. This por- these portals open up and all different Green Lanterns that nobody has ever seen before shows up. We have one. We have one that's from the past. It looks like a knight. He is, we find out that he's a Daxamite too. We have two twins that are from the from the Teen Lantern Corps that are also way in the future. Come from the way future. They're descendants of Kyle as well because they're sharing Kyle's one last Green Lantern ring. Basically, all his all his remaining Teen descendants basically share the same Green Lantern ring. Is a green lightning, which is another descendant of Kyle because it's a 
which makes Kyle real happy or borderline sarcastic that he, a relative of his and a relative of Wally eventually get together because the Green Lightning is a West and a Rainer. So she's a Green Lantern and, and, and a Flash. We have a robot Green Lantern, which is an old Manhunter, like the prototype Manhunter that was reprogrammed by the Guardians. And we have a mysterious Green Lantern who seems perfectly human and doesn't have as much of a great story as everybody else. She was literally plucked from her her timeline right then because almost all these characters are either from the the past or the future. And we find out that this this Green Lantern is actually Alex DeWitt from her from her universe where Kyle died. But Alex became Green Lantern. They all decide to there's there's a weapon. There's a weapon. I got to get the name of this thing. The Omega option, which in when Kyle was a kid, that was the, the mysterious device that could stop oblivion. So fire. So they were the team. They get split into different teams. Firestorm and and what Firestorm and the and the um, the robot GL go after the Omega option, and they all get split into different teams. Kyle. Part of why Kyle does this is he does remember what Hal said as the specter that you're going to be betrayed by someone close to you. And they go off on these separate missions. And that pretty much ends the first part of Circle of Fire. I'm actually pretty sure I've never read this before. I might have I might have read issues one and two, but not made the effort to circle back. You know, I think that's might have what might have been what happened. I think I maybe found one and two early on in discount diving bins back when, you know, before being a host or even you know, semi-regular co-host of the Lantern cast back in my early days of collecting and just trying to find anything and everything Green Lantern I could add to my logging boxes. I think I had one and two and I read them, but it was harder to find the individual one shots. And I was like, I'll circle back and read them once I have them. And now I have them, but I never ended up circling back to reading the entire thing. So I, cause some of these look familiar. Uh, and then I, you know, obviously in preparation for this episode, this event, I read the entire thing again. So I think this is my first time reading the entirety of Circle of Fire. Um, I'm sure I read it. I just, like I said, I haven't, I haven't touched it or I hadn't touched any of these issues since, which is ironic because Chad and I wasn't much of a reason. It wasn't the, defi- the defining moment or reason uh, why we didn't do this earlier. But all of my Circle of Fire issues were all bagged together except for the friggin' second part. I don't know why it was separated, but it's literally the the, the one that I just summed up all the one shots including the impulse quote-unquote epilogue but number two must be bagged either with something else or by itself so that was one of the things that so i actually saw i need to go back and actually i want to go back and reread all the one shots again and i want to go back and read the sec the the conclusion i mean obviously i remember the key parts of the conclusion right but but. yeah this is uh so this is this is most definitely the first time i've read this this I know Oblivion has shown up again, but have they all been like, like when we see, you know, like when like comics do the whole kind of best of thing where they're like, hey, and here's a quick splash page of all of your villains returning to haunt you type moments. Have we seen Oblivion again? It was just only in those moments because I know I've seen Oblivion before, but it's like, wait, if this is his origin and his demise. Well, we saw him in New Guardians. Different Oblivion. Different Oblivion, but New Guardians. I, I believe that is the only other appearance. And, and I don't mean that maybe he couldn't have shown up in a panel, like you said, if there was something in his, if there was something in Kyle's mind or whatever. I don't believe as a villain doing the analogy again. I don't think yeah. it's like Onslaught, where we know Onslaught has shown up as an as a 
in, in different comics, even if they were different versions of Onslaught or it wasn't quite 100% the same thing. Right. I don't think we've seen Oblivion, certainly because we know what happens to the, because the Oblivion power is part of what ends up becoming, helping crazy origin as it is, is what helps become, make Kyle Ion the first time. Yes. Which so is like something that. I wanted to get to, but not just yet. So we'll circle back around to that. Okay. Point. Sure. Um, I just, honestly, I just kind of want to start off, you know, starting page to page, kind of, I mean, obviously not recapping each page, but just kind of going through this chronologically. I always like the inclusion of Adam Strange. Um, I think GL and Adam Strange uh, should team up more often and not even necessarily specifically freaking uh, one of one of our more familiar lanterns. Uh, I think I think we should be seeing I think we should be seeing Green Lantern and Adam Strange team up team ups for multiple different uh, lanterns anytime we get the chance because much like you know uh, have we seen maybe there are actually more examples of Adam Strange and Green Lantern than this example I'm thinking of like we've been seeing occasions for like Space Cabbie to show up in Green Lantern type storytelling because Space Cabbie is just kind of out there. Adam Strange, I know it's 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 the ping pong back and forth between Ran and Than, uh, or sorry, Ran and uh, Earth, but his his Zeta Ray malfunctions happen so often. It's just like, or Zeta Beam hap- malfunctions happen so often. You would just you would think you'd see him more often, and he's just he and Hal were created in this sci-fi era of the Silver Age that just really made sense and let's be honest their original costumes the original adam strange costume which is let's face it adam strange of the dc heroes has the probably the most unchanged costume of any of them from his origins to today um but there's a similar design element between hal's original costume and and uh Adam Strange, not in the, in terms of the familiarity, but they buff, both look of the early 60s sci-fi. And their storytelling matches a lot of that, too, because, you know, uh, not a lot of mainstream people knew a whole lot about science fiction and stuff like that and the facts and physics of it all. So they had a lot of the same storytelling tropes. So I really feel like they fit together. Um, so it's really cool to see Adam Strange here. And it fits. I mean, I'm not. I don't have a huge attachment to Adam Strange. I, I mean, I do like when he shows up, and he and, he, and it, it seems to be relevant when he shows up, which maybe in a way is good that he's not so prevalent all the time, because that would might kind of like lessen the impact of when he does show up. But I do like I do like how this kind of how they kind of use the they use Rand and they use Adam Strange to kind of do the as he becomes the unofficial herald of oblivion to tell people, Hey, I'm coming. I did like that. That's one thing I completely forgot about the story, probably because it was only the first couple of pages, but I, I, and I, and I honestly, when I was rereading the story, I forgot that I did forget that Kyle right off the bat was putting the two and two together about oblivion because we, again, eventually when we talk about the end of this, you know, well, dive deeper into why that's super relevant. But I I don't rem- I didn't quite remember that right off the bat it was Kyle, you know Kyle was 100% like hey you know I created this guy yeah so, or 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 feeling like or that I created this I should be more clear he create I created this this character when I was a kid and now for some reason this is exactly the character that I created as a kid with his strengths and his weaknesses and everything else and it's like I don't remember I don't remember like you know him being like you know the the boy who cried wolf about that when I read this 
<laughs> like 23 years ago, I guess it's understandable. <laughs> <laughs> um, over on Earth with Kyle in his apartment uh, doing his job, um, I, I love that we're choosing to display the reality that you know, sometimes comic book artists are going to get assigned projects that they're not necessarily passionate about. Um, but hey, a job's a job and you still have a deadline to meet. Yes. Um, so I like that that's being portrayed here. And of course, uh, I, I do like, you know, we talk about it all the time when we talk about Kyle Rayner era stuff. Um, I, I like that we're seeing here this, you know, this moment between John uh, and Kyle because it, uh, yeah. I would hope that the two uh, know each other better uh, than this is to be the first time John has heard of her. But again, it's been a while since I've read all of um, the Kyle Rayner era at a clip. So, you know, I can't really fault John for something that uh, I don't a hundred percent know very well myself here in terms of their personal history. But I do like you mentioned the power of iron. I like the hints here of the era that we're getting in. And this is just not necessarily even um, there are visual cues, which place this in a very specific timeline in, in the history of green lantern. The fact that John and Kyle don't know each other very well, if the art style alone didn't tip you off the fact that John is in a wheelchair. And before we even get to the idea that oblivion could be a creation of him. I think it's interesting to me that Kyle is creating this construct for um, John to have his own uh, artist table or whatever, because part of me was thinking while I was reading this is like, you have to concentrate to create a, a construct. It's like, he's just like, he's not, he's so focused on his own art and everything. It's like, I can't even imagine keeping a part of my mind just, laser focused on creating this construct while I'm doing art. And it seems like he's providing no effort at all to maintain this construct for John. It's a small notice, but I did notice it. Yeah, it definitely was a nice touch. A hundred percent. And yeah, I, I, I do like that they get cut off, but like m- much like, much like the moments you would see in Radu's or the conversations between Alan and Kyle that would happen that were not hero related um, it was always good to see those moments, those just life life moments with Kyle, and this is another one of those. When we get those visits and those moments in Kyle's regular life and his non Green Lantern part of his persona, I thought that that was always like we've talked about before. That that was something that was it may it may not be unique in the sense that it's never happened because obviously we get a lot of that like in Spider Man books, and we certainly but because it's Kyle and because of what we get to see, not just that we get to see things, but Lifting the veil, which is why it worked so well, I think, also with Spider-Man, because we know, you know, we know Kyle kind of like Peter Parker, Green Lantern here. They're just seeing the everyday crap that people have to deal with in, in the, the mundane stuff. And but but we all have to do it. That's kind of seeing Kyle have to struggle with that, even with the positives that he has as, as a superhero. I, I think that always works. Yeah, 100 percent. One of the things I liked with the Kyle, I mean, I always like the Kyle Al stuff. I always think that's effective. and I. And I do like the fact that you can kind of when Hal does what he does, which is, yeah, I we know it can be annoying doing stuff like this because we criticized it with what Lonar in the John Stewart book being cryptic and kind of pointing you in these directions, but never just being able to come out and tell you exactly, well, this is what's going to happen or this is what you have to worry about. 
I understand it with, with Hal a little bit more because it's such a complete contrast to what he was when he was parallaxed with Hal wanting to change everything and believing how could, you know, everything could be fixed, everything could be erased or redone. And Hal is so afraid of repeating those mistakes that on some level that probably there are things he could do when it comes to, you know, intervening, interjecting into things and it would be perfectly acceptable. He just, I think that's, it's, I think that's the driving force. It's like why he has, he's trying to be so incredibly cryptic. It's like, it's like, I need, I need to, I want to steer you in the right direction, but yet I don't feel comfortable either stepping in to do something myself or telling you exactly what this is because I could be changing things that are meant and things are meant to play out the way they're meant to play out. Yeah. No, that makes sense. I just, um, I honestly forgot that how, uh, how Spectre shows up in this. I, I know. Um, there were only a few times between him becoming Spectre after Final Night and um, and him getting his own series that he showed up here and there. He was he still making because I feel like there was this period where he was making appearances as the Spectre after um, I always get the events mixed up. It was the Day of Judgment? I think it was Judgment Day. I always get it confused too. Yeah. Anyways. Oh, once he's the Spectre at the end of that, and then him getting his own series, I feel like we didn't see him make these cameos as often once he had his own series. Or did we still get him quite a bit during that? There there were some. There weren't as many. I think some of these, it was Day of Judgment. Day of Judgment. It's, I probably swung the pendulum back. I used to think I used to think it was Judgment Day, and then I thought, and then I thought it was, oh, that's wrong. So it was Day of Judgment. It's it's Day of Judgment. That uh, I think it used it used to happen more a little bit. I think it happened more when they were priming the pump. That's what like, I was thinking. Like yeah. we, we got a lot of these, like um, issue one uh, hundred nineteen. Yes. Yeah, like those types of things. Uh, we would see him all the time in these little cameos, but then once he got the well, once he got his own series, it was like, okay, yeah, maybe occasionally if we need to use a Spectre, oh yeah, let's remember he's Hal or something. But we we they didn't make an effort to show him once he had his own series. No, I think I think at the end of the day that you have when you're looking at those appearances, you you had of course JLA thirty five. And then you had, yes, you had, you had issue 119, which was still, this was still December, December 1999. That, that's what, but that's what the cover date was for that issue. And then you have, you all, then I think you didn't, I don't think you saw him again until you, they had the, uh, Legends of the DC Universe, the Destroyer of Worlds for issue arc, which was the, that was really the, if you will, the pilot. Essentially, of, of telling you to let you know what this what his Spectre series was was going to be. So I don't think there was as much of that after his series started. But as we know, he had a he did play a role in Green Lantern because he did keep showing up. And especially once they kind of fixed that little part of the his penance as because he even mentions in this book that basically he's not he hasn't earned that the right to you know so, to use some of the power yet of the Spectre, which was one of the things that he, the two big burdens that he had that nobody would know who he was. And he had to basically incrementally earn the right to really use the full power of the specter. And he kind of references right. both of those in this book. Once those things got pushed aside and Kyle and how, you know, he would, Kyle would know that it was how, how would show up fairly often to help Kyle. So yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, it was cool to see him here. Um, 
we you know we get the we get the atypical we get two things here pretty quickly we get uh kyle's doubt in himself which is a recurring theme with yep. kyle i i actually you know what i still need to reread the kyle rayner run because i feel like i harp on it a little bit for being so for kyle so often being woe is me for so long and not living up to or or owning who he is as a hero and that he's enough to get the job done. He's always full of so much self-doubt for so long that it kind of annoys me. And because Kyle gets these moments where he gets to um, not only have his own series, but also has these little, uh, I mean, he's got this book, he's got, um, Oh, what was the three issue thing with Alan and Jade? Oh God. I know what you mean, but I... yeah, I'd say he always has these little mini series that pop up throughout his run, like the new core and stuff like that. He, he, he had these little random mini series that kept popping up throughout his run here and there. And it was always a theme like, okay, we're not in the main green lantern title. So we have to, if anybody's picking this up for the first time, we have to define who Kyle Rayner is for the new readers. And they keep circling back to the whole, he's a guy who doesn't feel worthy of, uh, you know, this trust that uh, the Guardians have placed in him. He thinks he was chosen by accident. This whole, you know, not self-assured individual type thing that they keep circling back to. And it gets annoying, especially when you try and read these things at a clip or you're like us and go back and review them. Uh, and you go, oh, man, I remember the last time we covered something, Kyle Rayner, we had to deal with this shit then, too. Um, so I wonder if it's maybe not as bad as I'm thinking of it, but they establish He's not confident in his abilities as a hero. And as a result, not be not in spite of this, but as a result, uh, him and his demeanor is such that he is almost annoying to the league, um, like somebody they have to corral and rein in. Um, so that's interesting, too. It's it I, because I don't necessarily i mean i remember it being a part of us seeing him his interactions with the league early on after he got his ring but it's interesting that we're finally reading the part where that was without spoiling too much of what's to come for the future people who are going to be covering the rest of the story that this is the story where that's sort of resolved his faith in his self and his or let's say this is one of the times he he uh resolves the faith in himself and maybe the main time it resolves his the story resolves his faith with the league i don't know i'm kind of stumbling my way through i know i know what you mean describing that he earns a spot more you mean yeah and, and everyone kind of like that fear itself uh graphic novel too with alan and and hal and all facing the same villains and kyle's the only one who kyle's the one who ultimately figures it out right right for sure We'll talk about the firestorm of it all, I guess, because we're going to be talking about our own issues. I do like that Batman doesn't want anything to do with any of this. They yes. they write it off as like he doesn't know what's going on. He's just doing his thing over in Gotham and they try to be like, or he does know. And it's like, I don't know. Uh, I, don't, I don't know that he knows this. The, there's a couple of explanation, quote unquote, explanations in this um, in this comic that uh, or in the. Uh, not just this I issue, but this whole story that just sort of happened as a matter of convenience. Uh, and I'm the, the Batman one is the most obvious of those uh, or, or the first of the obvious of those for me. Yeah. I mean, they, we get, we, we get a lot of this with, 
with Kyle. I mean, we we see a lot of this with Kyle in Batman, and this is why it this is why it always made me want to bang my head against the wall when we when they gave us the garbage with during the Green Lanterns run when oh Simon was the only Green Lantern that Batman can trust because everybody seems to be the only Green Lantern Batman can trust other than Hal until you get to the next one or it's convenient to. <laughs> decided oh he didn't really trust that one but he really trusts this one that it's the same kind of thing it's like we see that during the emerald knight storyline about oh how kyle gets all pissed because they, they they welcome the time lost hal jordan into the justice league immediately and it's like well because and batman's like well we're trying to keep an eye on him number one and number two you know, that's the i mean well that's the main reason right there and it has nothing to do with our faith in you you're our green lantern so you should stop feeling sorry for yourself and man up <laughs> So it's so there's an there's an element of that too that you know Batman being Batman that Batman has a, figures almost everything out and if he's if he's being a dick to you it doesn't necessarily mean that he doesn't like you it means that he trusts you even though he'd still be, be a dick to you if he didn't like you too so how do you know <laughs> Yeah that that's always bugged me a little bit um I don't I don't know what sits wrong with me about it but it it it's not like it's uncharacteristic for Batman No not at all um, but it it does irritate me sometimes uh, uh, hearing about it quite quite as often. I don't I don't know what set off the whole lanterns versus Batman thing, but it doesn't get any easier uh, every time we see it because there's some people who make it work and the you know they play with the idea maybe of the um, Batman likes to operate out of the dark and lanterns. I mean, they quite literally just shine brightly wherever they go, uh, which I think was pointed out in rebirth. Yeah. Um, but um, I mean, the way, the way John accused Batman in rebirth never, you know, didn't sit right with me, but um, at least it kind of made sense. Uh, and the closest anyone ever really came to at least trying to, to explain why it happened. But, well, the part about the fear made sense. The part yeah. that, that, that one of the things that, even though we know he was arguably being influenced by Parallax during this po- during this moment, but John's point was still valid that if that Batman basically lives off of fear and and, and instilling fear in people, and if and, and the fact and and what is Batman if you're not afraid of him? So yeah, that, that, that implying that that's one of the reasons that he has he has issues with Hal because Hal. Because Hal was and is not afraid of him. <laughs> yeah, no, 100. percent Anything else we wanted to talk about? I know we didn't want to make this thing too long, but right? Anything else about this first issue we wanted to touch on before we move over to Firestorm? Some of this will your your issue you'll touch upon some of it, but the the stuff with you talked about how the league may find Kyle annoying. I mean, man, the Ray Palmer was really annoying in this issue. I mean, I understand he has a right to be pissed at. At Ron, uh, Ronnie for just you know jump, you know kind of being a hal and just jumping in without thinking and doing stupid shit and but it's like he just keeps like rubbing his nose in the, in in the poop like over and over and over and over again throughout the issue and it's like it's like hey, you're the, you're the junior varsity so you sit there you sit there you sit there and so I mean again I get it but it's also like it's like it's it does you're you are beating it to death a lot in a relatively short number of pages <laughs> yeah no I agree with you. All right, cool. You ready to roll into your to the one shot? Yes. Green Lantern Firestorm Missing Pieces, written by Jay Faber, um, penciled by Ron Randall, inked by Dan Davis, lettered by Sean Honot, colored by Tom McCraw, separated by Digital Chameleon, 
Frank Barrios is the assistant editor and, and Matt Idelson is our editor. We have Ronnie giving a recap of his origins to the Manhunter robot Green Lantern on their way to hunt down this tool that they uh, spoke of. What did you say it was called? I already forgot. Um, Your mega option. The mega option. That is correct. Um, so, and this is, this is speaking to the plot of convenience that I spoke of with Batman uh, a minute ago, Batman just being uh, unavailable uh, for all of this. Um, they're supposed to find this all powerful tool or something that may not exist in the first place. <laughs> and they decide of all the universe and having no leads on this tool whatsoever that as they fly past the planet, Ronnie goes, let's check out this planet out of a gut feeling. <laughs> that's, that's the entire writer's plot of convenience here to get them down on the surface of this planet. Ronnie flies past the planet and goes, I have a gut feeling. Anyways, the planet they stumble upon has a lot of damage and uh, destruction. Uh, as they uh, touch down on the planet, they are immediately fired upon by this ship. Ronnie tries to transmute um, and he wanted to uh, gum up the works of these uh, of these uh, guns with bubble gum, but he instead made bubbles. The guns fire upon them again. Green Lantern suggests uh, and by Green Lantern, guys, I'm referring from now on anytime I see Green Lantern right now to this robot. Um, Green Lantern suggests to try something more simple and uh suggests lead he turns them to lead uh but they are immediately transported then inside of the ship where they face down a bunch of aliens the captain is requesting their presence the captain says sorry there was a bit of a misunderstanding you bear a resemblance to this fire god that showed up on our planet and started wreaking havoc with everything uh we're looking for something called the omega option we don't have time the entire universe is at stake well as a matter of fact we have the mega option and we'll give it to you if um you help us defeat this fire god green lantern immediately offers his assistance though firestorm is uh initially obviously uh very hesitant so he goes off to find the fire god um and the uh they're trying to figure out where one would be hiding, but, oh, it's most obvious the sun, of course. And immediately some solar flares burst uh, purposefully out of the sun and head towards that planet. Green Lantern goes to find the origin of these things uh, uh, and why these, who fired off these uh, solar flares. Uh, Ronnie shows up and somehow creates a giant fan, which blows back the science, the, the solar flares. Okay. Uh, meanwhile, Immediately after they're deflected, Green Lantern comes crashing to the surface because he was thrown down by the fire god, whom Ronnie recognizes as the fire elemental, a.k.a. now um, Professor Stein. And he, he is a living fire elemental. He is merged with an elemental being. We could talk about that later, but we would spend all night. Anyways, um, they team up, uh, and once Green Lantern realizes that this is the same fire, um, that this is Ronnie Rain, Ron, or sorry, this is Professor Stein, whom Ronnie was uh, was speaking to Green Lantern earlier about his origins and who Stein was. He recognizes that there is a connection between those two. So instead of firing upon Professor Stein, the fire god, who's clearly out outside of his mind, he fires at Ronnie, which he is correct. It jolts. Uh, Professor Stein out of his, you know, aggressive stance uh, and 
he starts attacking uh, the Green Lantern instead to protect Ronnie. Uh, Ronnie recognizes this and says, hey, it's okay. Uh, and Professor Stein is back to his normal senses, still in his elemental fire form. He then goes before these aliens to apologize. They say, uh, we, it's we should be who should be apologizing to you. We never had this weapon. We've never heard of it in the first place. Um, because of all the destruction that Professor Stein has caused in his elemental fire uh, version, uh, he knows that uh, he knows of the, now the problem and everything that after Ronnie and Green Lantern tell him what has happened. But he says his first duty is and responsibility is to these people who he is, you know, been destroying and hurting. Um, so he wishes he could face this with them, but sorry. And this is when Green Lantern and Firestorm get a communique from Kyle that Oblivion is on Oa. Woohoo! <laughs> yes, sir. Who? And you chose this one. We should point out you chose this one. <laughs> it's Firestorm. I look. I've I've told people I have like top five characters in DC, and though the five uh the five to ten or whatever rotates or change or sorry changes its position in the list, Firestorm is in the list. So I was I was definitely not gonna skip an opportunity to pass this one up. I maybe would have picked the Green Lantern one now, having read them all. That's the, the one Green, I would have picked, the one with Alex. <laughs> the, the, the Green Lantern, Green Lantern one. But let's face it, of the you know of of the ones that are going to be in this event, um, they're I think they're all pretty good issues on in their own right for differing reasons. But in terms of the ones that are closer to an A as opposed to a B or a C, I would say, you know, obviously the two bookends and then the Green Lantern one. And I think personal preference maybe boils it down in different ways um, for the others. But the Green Lantern, Green Lantern one is pretty, pretty much an A. We couldn't take all the A's. <laughs> no, I know. But that's but but let's let's not make ourselves more noble than we were. That's not why you picked this issue. No. <laughs> you would have picked it even if you even if you knew it was a solid C, you still would have picked this one. <laughs> that is true. That is true. What do you think of it? You're right. From a plot contrivance perspective, there's a lot of stuff to kind of like hold your nose on with this issue. Uh, the art was pretty good. I thought the art overall was enjoy- was more enjoyable in this issue, I thought, than a lot of the stuff in the, the Circle of Fire, number one. There were some things I liked, like like Oblivion himself looked pretty cool. And there were sometimes some of the characters looked cool but in that issue. But I think overall, the art in this in the, better. I do like the I kind of like the Manhunter Green Lantern. He kind of he has he has a pretty considering he's a robot he does have some personality to him and that was kind of that was kind of enjoyable but there's a lot of it it is hard when you read it just as a one shot that doesn't really which actually doesn't really move the plot forward much Mm-mm. that it's hard to overlook the contrivances of oh like you said he just happens to pick this planet to check out. Uh, see now, based on everything we know, if it was the green, if it was the robot Green Lantern that said, "Let's check this planet," then things would be okay. I, that I could, that would make a little bit more sense, actually. But, yeah. But the reality is that between that and oh, it's got it's Professor it's Professor Stein who we you know we they kind of were prepping us for our unhappy divorce from Ronnie's perspective of him and Professor Stein that was dealt with in the in these in issue number one the that I did. And then, and then, oh, the, which makes sense. The idea of, hey, I'm going to beat the hell out of this guy, and kind of, kind of like the Emperor and Luke, the Emperor Vader and Luke thing. It's like, if I beat the hell out of this guy enough, I might snap him out of it. I don't know. I, 
I think it was enjoyable, but again, because it doesn't really change, it doesn't really move you from point A to point B. No. That it's 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 not it's not overly important. Like a lot of like a lot of these one shots as as we see in bigger crossovers, it's like, well, they're not really that important. If you don't read it the and if there's it's not a big deal. If there was something that happened that was, usually they'll reference it in some way in in the, in the actual proper series and then you and you just deal with it. So it was okay. Yeah, I just uh I, I think we, we yeah, because the, basically the one shots are the missions that Kyle splits them off to at the end of yes. the first issue, guys. So Power Power Girl and the Emerald Knight going off, you know, since they're both strong, she's, you know, Kryptonian or whatever she is at this point in her history. She does she does talk about um uh in one of it might be it might be the her own issue, Green Lantern Power Girl. She does talk about uh, mention having been born in Atlantis fifty thousand years ago or something like that. So I think we're clear, very clearly at that stage of explanation of who she is. Either way, she's powerful. He's a Daxamite, sending them to bust out the Justice League and face whatever's keeping the Justice League hostage. Yeah, totally makes sense. Having Firestorm go with uh, the scientist, the robot, or whatever who you know, because he needs his hand held you know chemically i guess <laughs> that that makes sense uh adam does need to check on ran so i i do like that he's sending uh you know someone to help address that he's not minimizing the damage that has been done there and having them be the last line of defense on earth or whatever that kind of makes sense uh, again i don't want to spoil anything so i won't talk about their particular mission and that specific issue so we'll talk about that in a future episode that we do and then Green Lantern, Green Lantern going to find Oblivion. That all makes sense. It's just the for specifically for in, in terms of the ideas of the missions themselves, not necessarily the, the execution and each of the individual one shots. It's the Green Lantern Firestorm one that's the most far fetched. Hey, I am working on this theory that Oblivion is a is a, a comic book char- character that I created when I was a kid come to life. I know it's hard to believe some of you still have a problem believing it. But I'm League member. That's the explanation we're going to go with and how we're going to operate here. Okay, running with that as as the plan here, the missions. Oh, by the way, I also had this ultimate weapon. And just in case everything in the comic is true, I knowing I need to send you to knowing absolutely nothing about this weapon, its energy signature, where it might be. Just go off and try and find it in the universe. <laughs> and um and see what you come up with and they literally decide to stop on a random planet out of happenstance um and uh, based on a gut feeling (laughs) and nobody including the supposedly at the very least mega intelligent android life form questions the idea that they just so happen to stop on the planet that of people that say they have this weapon and then isn't there another gut feeling he goes with just trying to find who, who this fire god is? Kind of that. I think the GL tries to talk him out of it, saying that, you know, basically like a belief, belief in a deity is illogical or something like that. And he kind of and, and you're but he does. But Ronnie's just like, well, I, I happen to I'm, tr- I'm trying to find the exact quote. He says, I've got a feeling that there is a fire. God. Yes. And yeah. that's when he says, yeah, belief in gods is a lot. It's not logical. Now you could you could make the case at least there 
that Ronnie and and Professor Stein were both impacted by the nuclear explosion that bonded the two of them into the being known as Firestorm. And then everything that happened that split the two up and then, you know, um, Professor Stein became this fire, became merged with this this uh, universal force fire elemental being and went off into space. And maybe the maybe he's sensing the two. But because you started off with such a random nonsensical gut feeling um throwing another one at us is either brilliant because if we didn't question the first one why would we question the second one or just doubling down on the stupidity (laughs) (laughs) go for broke (laughs) i i do like the art here too what's interesting about the art is it doesn't line wise remind me maybe a little bit Remind me of Pat Broderick, but the the coloring has a quality to it that Pat Broderick's books were often colored in. There's a not so crisp of a color. They're more soft. They fade into each other. Obviously, you know, we're, when we're talking things like reds and yellows, obviously those are very bright and bold and stuff like that. But there's almost a wash effect to them. They're they're blended very well. They're more smooth colors, um, and there's not as fine a line on some of the art here i don't know you you, just go back guys if you can if you can pull up some examples online pull up some pat broderick art some early pat broderick art on firestorm and even though it's not firestorm i would i'm also thinking of his run with ragman in the early 90s early to mid 90s just look at the coloring that was done on that and you'll probably see what i mean i mean there so it does remind me of Broderick, which makes me smile a little bit. And honestly, just the designs of Firestorm himself and seeing, of course, the fire elemental reminds me of Firestorm as, or, or Pat Broderick as well. What's also cool, cool slash ridiculous. Solar, one, two, three, four, five, at least at least five solar flares, solar flares are headed directly to this planet. And Firestorm, who confused bubblegum with bubbles creates not just something made of metal, but a working fan to blow back solar flares. If anything, that should have just been a construct creation fan. And at least maybe that would have made more sense. I don't know, but it's, it's, ridiculous either way <laughs> yeah it's it's you just add it you kind of you kind of add it to the list in this and i also think not that it now this this predates this character but but this elemental looks so much like effigy too it does it does yeah but it does it predates eff, it's predates effigy effigy right i it think should okay. so i have almost all at least most most of the first half, I'm pretty sure all of the first half and a portion of the second half of the Fury of Firestorm run in my uh, in my back issue bins. And my collection starts missing issues around the elemental era of Firestorm. I do have the first several first several um, issues of that. So I think I have, look, that's one, let's see here. Easily the first... 40 first 50 issues 
without missing some and even then beyond some um, of a hundred something plus issue series. And uh, it's been a while since I've gone back and read all of those. But I, I do. I do love me some Firestorm. I'm trying to think of what I read of the other ones. Do what do you is this the most um, convenient of them? The others have their own problems for their own reasons, which we'll get into in the future. But in terms of the mission, yeah, it's the most asinine slash out there assignment they could get with any hopes of success. Um, But in terms of importance to the actual plot, leading from issue one to issue two, the two bookends of this story arc, this is this the least important or would that be? I can't judge you. I can judge yet because I have not gone back to reread all of them yet. I'm planning on doing it. I wanted to, I wanted to get this in concentrate on, on these two issues first. Effigy, by the way, was June of 99. So I guess Effigy would have been created. I don't know if Effigy was created before the look of this elemental being Professor Stein was created, but obviously in this issue, this is after Effigy, which would make sense because Hal, we already know the Hal issue with the Spectre was 119 with 119. So it makes sense that Effigy came first. But uh, I don't I don't know. if I mean, it's ultimately ironic either way, because you do have the mission in theory that they're going on could have been the one that could have been the most <laughs> the, the most important thing, the key to beating Oblivion. But it turned out to be basically a red herring <laughs> on the surface. You would have thought it was going to be more important. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, by the way, the elemental was 89. Yep. Oh, OK. The same yep. look. Same look. Same look. Okay, cool. Yep. No, I I enjoyed this. This is definitely a good start. Uh, the other podcasts are going to be covering the different factions of this. Uh, do you have the list of who's covering what specifically? I probably I probably can. I believe. Okay, here we go. Sorry. You got it. Yep. Uh, so Myron and Phil over at the podcast of Oa are going to be covering the Green Lantern and Adam Strange. And the Green Lantern and Power Girls issues. Um, Adam and Donnie over at Emerald Echo on the Multiverse Musings podcast network will be covering the Green Lantern Adam and the Green Lantern Green Lantern uh, one shot as well. And then Mosaic Comics, which is our friend Dan Kurtzke over on his YouTube channel. He will be covering Circle of Fire issue two and then the Impulse quote unquote epilogue um, at the uh, at the end to wrap this all up. Now, uh, we don't have very specific release dates for these individual episodes because obviously it's based on the time and production of them and they have the entire month to do it. So sometime between now and the last week or so of the month, uh, the two episodes, one from Emerald Echo and one from Podcast of Oa will be up. And then within the last week of the month of June, head on over to Mosaic Comics and wrap up the story. Should be fun. We're hoping anyway. Should be fun. Should be fun. And then obviously listen to future episodes of this show where we'll, you know, we're going to give everybody a chance to cover their stuff. And then obviously we want to talk a little bit our own thoughts about how this story ended up playing out. Absolutely. All right. So I just wanted to let everybody know just while I was thinking about it. Podcast of Oa is over on various podcasting platforms such as Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, so on and so forth. Both Mosaic Comics and the Multiverse Musings Network are over on YouTube. 
Um, so if you want to, if you want to listen to slash find those episodes from Donnie and Adam specifically, I know a lot of our listeners are already familiar with Dan and mosaic comics and where to find him on YouTube. But if you guys want to listen to Donnie and Adam's coverage over on Emerald echo, you're going to not search Emerald echo, search the multiverse musings podcast network. That'll bring you to their channel page over on youtube and you'll be able to see which clearly based on album art or 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 thumbnail art which ones are the green lantern ones it's the they're also referred to as emerald echo um and it should be uh, an episode released sometime in june or also gl june label of fizzle out immediately (laughs) (laughs) all right if people want to find us how do they do so lanterncast.com so Email is lanterncast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Please leave us a positive review on all platforms you listen to us on. Lanterncast Vids is our YouTube channel. Last but not least, if you'd like to leave us a text or a voicemail, 708-LANTERN. 708-LANTERN, and let us know what you think. All right. Good night, everybody. Good night.